You're listening to the Grieving Together Show, a podcast that journeys through grief with individuals, couples, and families who have experienced the loss of someone that they love. Hi, my name is Kelly Bro, co-founder of Redbird Ministries, a pro-life, pro-family, Catholic grief support ministry located in the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm sitting down today with grieving families who have been impacted by loss, asking specific questions. How they found healing and hope in the middle of the storm, the lessons they learned, and tips we can all use to survive loss while staying close to our faith. I encourage you to lean in and allow God to love you through our words and take to heart what these incredible families have endured and how they have rise above their suffering. We hope you enjoy today's show. Today on the Grieving Together podcast, we have Cassie Everts, one of the authors of Nursery of Heaven, a book on miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss in the lives of the saints and today's parents. Cassie Everts is the mother to five little ones in heaven and five children on earth. She is a contributor to CatholicMom.com and her writings has appeared in Catholic Exchange and Blessed Is She. She is a former producer at Relevant Radio and blogs at EverydayAnn.com. Cassie has a degree in theology and communication arts from Franciscan University. This book came across my desk a while back and I have been putting it into the hands of grieving mothers. And so I just recommend this uh, book on a daily basis and um, it came to me one day. Um, to have Cassie on our show. And so I hope that today that you just dive into the lives of the saints and how they can intercede for us here on earth as we are grieving the loss of our babies. So welcome today, Cassie Everts. All right. So today on our podcast, we have Cassie Everts with the book Nursery of Heaven. And so we invited um, Cassie to join us today because I love her book and I've been um, referring it to everyone I know. So if you have a bunch of sales around Louisiana, Cassie, it's from our ministry <laughs> promoting the book. Uh, we Every event that we have, um, I try and share it because it's just been so instrumental and I'm almost finished it. Um, I'm one of those like ADHD readers where I read like five books at one time. <laughs> So I'm on the, the chapter where it says practical wisdom. So I'm almost at the end, so, but it's been really great. So just thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kelly, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So just um, if what I really want to know, um, first, if you could just tell our viewers, uh, our listeners, our viewers, um, just who you are and how did God speak um, to you to write this book? So, Because I know there's something that happens in your life that um, convict your heart that this needed to happen. So if you could just share with us. Sure. Um, A wife and I have five children here on earth. 
um, our first two sons came to us through the gift of adoption. And then after that, uh, God had his sense of humor, if you say, and blessed us with three biological children. So we went from zero to five kids within like four years, three and a half years, um, a big whirlwind. So when you pray and ask, we prayed for children for over seven years and they came to us all at once. Um, <laughs> and the book, my youngest is five months old and the book came out, um, a week after she was born. Wow. So, um, they were kind of both a labor in progress from January until October, both her and the book growing, um, pr prior to adopting our sons and the birth of my three children, my husband and I, we suffered infertility and we had lost five babies through miscarriage, um, over, over several, several years. And we had surgeries and doctor's appointments. And, um, as those who have lost children through miscarriage, they know how much of, of a struggle and a cross it is to carry. And often it's one of those things you kind of just carry in your heart in silence, um, alone, you know, obviously your spouse knows somewhat what you're going through because he probably, he would know of the, your pregnancies. Um, but sometimes when you're expecting others didn't even know that you would have been pregnant. And so it's something you just carry in your heart and it can be very isolating and test your faith as any loss can in any trial. And so um, the book came about because I had this desire to reach out to women and couples who were grieving, especially to have a Catholic resource. When I went through my own miscarriages, it was really hard to find something in the church yes. um, and to find some, somehow where I could connect it to my faith. But I had a hard time when I would Google miscarriage books or something like that to find a Catholic resource. So uh, the Holy Spirit really made it work. I had been um, doing some writing. I have a small little blog that I started um, mm -hmm. while I was going through our infertility and miscarriage journey. And so some friends of mine knew about that and knew, had another acquaintance, a family friend that wanted to start this book. And somehow the two of us connected through email and the book came about the um, author, Patrick O'Hearn and myself, uh, we were able to put the book together, even though we're not in the same states and we never met. It was the work of the Holy Spirit that was through that we were able to um, have the book come about. And also, you know, it's not just myself and Patrick, but the people that wrote down and took the time to share their own stories and their own losses through either losing a baby through miscarriage or stillbirth or infant loss. Yeah. I love that there's guys that wrote in here. It's so hard to find guys who are willing to share their hearts. So that was, that was just a beautiful thing um, for us to read. And one of the reasons, all, you know, also with uh, us using it as a resource to be able to give to our families, because a lot of the work that we do is for couples. And so there's so, you know, there's a lot of resources for moms of, um, of loss, but there's few for fathers. Um, so I, I love that part of it kind of, um, it just puts like real like words to how you feel. And I feel like sometimes that people, you know, it's like they want to bring it to, to God, but you feel this numbness. It's like, you can't pray. You don't have the words to pray. And when you read stuff that you're like, oh yes, I'm going through this. Then you can bring those broken parts of your heart to God. And then you're, you're able to start to heal. Um, so I just, I really love that. <laughs> And that's awesome that y'all met through email because that's how you and I met. <laughs> yeah, that worked. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think um, one thing too about the book is, you know, for having men contribute to it is to reach out to the husbands because as you mentioned, so often 
the, the woman, the wife gets the focus, which of course she's the one that carried the baby. And so we have this intimate connection and, you know, the cells of the child are literally with us forever, even after we lose a child. And so we have this very intimate relationship, but the spouse is also suffering in his own way. Um, and so to have husbands realize that, and that it's okay to grieve, that they can grieve as well. And I think just um, for both husband and wife, giving them, allowing them permission when they read the book is one of my things that I went through was, is it okay? Is it okay for me to be grieving? You know, the baby was only six weeks. Is it okay that I'm this upset and heartbroken and I can't get my act together? You know, it's been two weeks. Why can't I together? So one of my hopes with the book was for those couples to just be able to, a source that they can relate to. Oh yes, I'm feeling this. This is what we're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um, our moms have miscarriage. What I've come to find out is um, because, you know, part of the group of couples that come together have lost living children. Um, a lot of the times they feel unworthy to come to support group. And it just makes me so sad because, you know, Ron and I also, we suffered from infertility. It took us almost four years to get pregnant for the twins. And then um, we lost the twins separately. And then I got pregnant for a sale on my own. And I was shocked by that, that I could actually get pregnant on my own. And then we had the miscarriage and then I haven't been able to get pregnant. It's been almost eight years. Um, and so there's just like that whole layer of you struggle to get pregnant and then you lose and then you can't like you continue to lose. It's just so that compounded grief is just, it's just so hard. So one of the things that I really try to, um, share with my families of loss, um, is that, you know, whenever you get to heaven, like you will have a baby and that baby needs a name. So that's another thing that we really try to do with our families of loss is to make sure that they're naming their babies, because, um, I guess I didn't know what to do with that way back when, but when I watched that movie, um, oh my goodness, with the little boy that goes to heaven, what's the name heaven, of it? Is it heaven is for real? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it took my breath away whenever he said that about his, I have a sister in heaven and she doesn't have a name. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like, Lord, like I didn't name my baby. And so it took years after for my miscarriage to name my, ba my, our baby. Um, but it, that was, it wasn't until then that I could, I think, um, really grieve that loss because I had. I had been um, grieving my other losses. It's like I never had taken the time to grieve that baby through miscarriage. So um, it was a, it was a, it was good. Of course, it hurt, but it was good that I was able to to do that and to name our baby and um, you know have that experience with other families to be able to share that with other people as well. Yeah, we had um, through my time when I was going through our miscarriages. Um, there was a prayer service that a parish in our area and our diocese had mm -hmm. for those who've experienced a pregnancy loss. And I wish more parishes um, or a diocese and events, you know, that we would have more of this. I mean, the grief support you guys are doing is so beautiful because it's so needed in our Catholic church and for our faith. And so this, and it was filled with couples and women of all ages, you know, young women and those who were older. And we were given the opportunity to um, at the end of the service to go and you could light a candle and go up in front and light your candle. And then if you wanted to, you could say, mention your baby, you could name your baby. 
and there was an elderly lady, um, probably about 75 years old who got up and went to the front and she lit her candle and she said, and she was just fighting through the tears. You could just feel her grief. And even though this miscarriage had happened, you know, decades ago, and she, um, just said that I, I never named my baby mm-hmm. and I still think about my baby and I want to right now tonight I want to name this child and it was so moving and beautiful that after all these years she still carried she carried this peace with her mm-hmm. and she still had this grief you know in her heart that she it, the baby was never forgotten you know even though it was lost early on in pregnancy and so that night she named the baby and I think naming the baby um can help with the grieving process and help to bring some kind of closure um and also t- tangibility, if that makes sense, because when we, most women, when they go through experience, um, and it, you know, a miscarriage, it's different when you have a stillbirth or an, you know, an infant loss, but when you experience a miscarriage, seldom there's something tangible. There's not the body to carry. Um, a lot of times it's too early. Some of my miscarriages, we never even, there was never even a heartbeat or an ultrasound picture. You know, we never got to that point. It was six weeks where some of the other ones were later. But it was still, um, there wasn't a way to have this closure. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, to name the baby, to, um, it's a unique individual made in God's image and likeness, never to be repeated again in history. And um, so to name our child that's no longer with us, no matter how small, no matter if we saw a heartbeat or not, or had an ultrasound picture, I think does really help couples who are grieving to bring some co- so, sort of closure and some kind of healing. Yes. Through the process. Yes. And, I, you know, one of the things that we talk about too um, in our groups is just how, like, our medical profession, they really don't give us permission to do that. You know, that basically, whenever you call, you know, or if it happens in their office, it's like you go home, there's nothing that they can do um, unless you can't pass the baby and you have to do a DNC. And then, you know, still, really, you know, there's no, there's no really, um, like you said, like tangible thing that they can do. So, honoring those families to be able to do something like that. Yeah, it, it does. It, it helps. It really, really helps them to, um, to, to get that closure and to get that peace. Um, one of the things that, um, I uncovered, um, doing this research, trying to figure out like, what does the church offer in the different dioceses and, um, what are the resources that are needed? One of the things that we uncovered was that, um, less than a third of the Catholics in the country are actually seeking all three rights of loss, uh, I'm sorry, in death, which is like the, um, the vigil, the funeral and the burial. And whenever we discovered like why, you know, like why is the church, like why does this, you know, this, um, this right, like why is it, why was it put forth? And what I realized is that of course, there's, you know, there's theology put behind it, but in your heart, like there is just, there's a process that the church, of course, is so wise, has learned thousands of years ago that is the way that it helps people to grieve. And when we fast forward and we try to box that and put it in the closet, it doesn't help our families. It just, it doesn't help. So it's beautiful, like these masses that you can do is something that we can offer, you know. Mm-hmm our families. And a lot of times I think couples don't realize that the, the, your priest would probably be more than willing to have a mass with you. It's just us, our own 
uh, I don't know if I want to say insecurity, but kind of like, oh, is this really not worth it? But, you know, the, the yeah. baby was so young and, you know, am I bothering my priest? Should I really ask them? Am I just being like over emotional? And I guess those are kind of things I went through. You just question the grief that you feel, which yeah. we shouldn't, but you do. And I think part of it's just kind of society as a whole. But the, I think there's a, and I hear stories now after having gone through my own losses of women that I talked to, they said, oh yes, my pastor had a small service with just our immediate family, even though the, you know, they didn't have a, a body to bury, but they still had a mass said with their family or, um, which I discovered also during, um, putting the book together was that there's these beautiful prayers that the church has. There's, you know, blessings after a miscarriage. There's this beautiful, I believe by the archdiocese of St. Louis, they put out this beautiful, um, naming and commending our baby to God, the ceremony that you can do, whether you have a body or not to yeah. physically bury. So I think those also that there are prayers available and our priests are willing to help. It's just not something that I wish it was made, you know, there was a note in the bulletin or some section that on our diet or our parish websites that said, if you've experienced the loss of a child through miscarriage, please reach out to the parish or the priest is here and we can have this, these masses yeah. for you. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'm learning is that all of this takes so much time and energy to put together. So what our like what we, <laughs> yeah. what we hope to do is to provide the diocese these resources so that where they can offer it without having to do these, you know, because we've been working on some of this material for almost two years. We have right now, um, our support group model is about to uh, probably we're probably about four weeks away from actually finishing the project and having the support group manual. Uh, published and trying to raise the money. It's going to cost us about $3,500 to have them printed to mail to each 177 dioceses around the country. That's wonderful. We're trying, we're trying to do that. And we do have, like, I've come across some beautiful, like St. Louis has some beautiful resources. Um, There's a, there's like two other dioceses that I found some good stuff. Um, But a lot of them will only, um, they'll only do it for like a a small group. Like it'll only be through miscarriage or they'll only have resources um, like uh, miscarriage, stillbirth, infant loss. But, but rarely will you find um, a resource that goes from miscarriage all the way up to adult, adult child loss. Mm -hmm. So like our, our materials are adaptable. What we do is we, we small group, whatever our loss is. So um, I'm hoping that, these resources will be able to provide just this missing reach touch to the church that, um, that our, our, our church needs. It just, it's so important. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think we don't realize how many people are sitting in the pews every day that are, um, I mean, when I read about your losses, my heart went out to you and I, um, And I just, I probably, you know, you said that I mean, you feel very insignificant because I feel to hear of the cross that you had to have had to carry. But I think um, our pews are very much filled with couples and that have experienced some kind of child, child loss, whether it be through miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, or a young child, like you said, or all the way to adulthood. And 
we don't realize how many people are in the pews every Sunday because it's not talked about unless you've known that they had it, you know, somebody personally, or you've seen that it was announced or heard that it was announced that they were having a funeral. Yes. Now everyone comes up to me and shares like all of their loss. And I'm like, I'm grateful that they have, you know, someone to speak to, but I don't think before, if I would have had this, you know, if I'd be doing this work, you know, people, they don't share those things. They're not going to share it unless they know their, that their grief is safe, you know, to share with. I'm sure you, yeah. and I think that's something that, <laughs> yes, it's hard. I mean, just when I, we went through our own um, miscarriages, it was hard to know who to talk to mm-hmm. or who to reach out to. And I think a lot of times I just didn't and you just go through the day. I kept going to work every day and, mm-hmm. and maybe took the day off because I had to for medical reasons, but otherwise I just got back, you know, got up the next day and went to work and you smile and you act like everything's okay. And you don't really know who to, who to go to and who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's some, like you said, unless you know, sharing it is safe. Somebody that can relate, somebody that has been through a similar situation, I think can provide a lot of comfort and hope. Absolutely. Well, so I have a question. I don't think it's uh, on our list, but I wanted to ask you. Um, it's always beautiful to me, and it's not something that I look for, but I love whenever God sends us these, um, like these fruits from, you know, from our work. Um, can you share with us some of the fruits that have come from you writing this book? Um, there's, yeah, I have a few <laughs> stories that I that I can share. Um, it's still. Hopefully, trying, trying, we're still trying to get the book circulated and out there. Um, but one story that I was at a vendor at a women's conference in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, a few weeks back. And I hesitated going. Should I go? Should I not? It was a little bit of a drive and be away from my, my other children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went and I met this lady early on, right away in the morning before the conference even began. And she had heard that we had this connection. She knew somebody that works at the place where my husband works. Okay. Um, he works at, he works at relevant radio, which is a Catholic uh, radio network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, she, she had heard me mention something about that and asked if I knew so-and-so. And then she somehow got to telling me that she had had a miscarriage. And I said, well, I'm, that's the reason I'm here. I'm here with this book that I just wrote. And I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about this loss. And I could see the pain that in just telling me it had happened um, about a year and a half ago. And she had tears in her eyes telling me the story. And she just said, you know, I really wish I would have received the ultrasound picture. They never gave me the ultrasound picture. And she said, I just wish I had that. I really wish I had that. And she's like, well, I'll come um, with you to the vendor area. She's like, I have a friend I want to buy the book for. So she came and bought the book and then... Um, later I found out she added me as a friend on, on Facebook and posted on her, on her page saying that she actually, she bought this book, but she read it that night and it convicted her the next day to call, um, the hospital and ask if they would have by chance any record of an ultrasound picture. And she knew the answer would probably no because she asked for it right away when, after the miscarriage happened you know, a week after or so she asked for it and they had said no. So she's like, calling back isn't going to do any good, but she did anyways. And um, 
they, when she had called the first time she called them, um, after the conference, we don't keep anything more than a year. And what she figured would probably be the answer, but at least she tried. Then later that afternoon, um, somebody from the hospital called and they said, I dug into the archives for you. And I was able to find an ultrasound picture of your baby. Oh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it just gives me like just goosebumps thinking. And so she said, now I can put my baby's picture up on the wall with all my other children. And that was the closure she needed and, um, heal. And it just brought, if nothing else, it was like that reason I went to the conference was her and, um, the Holy spirit was at work that we met that day. And she was thinking of somebody else when she bought the book, but, um, through it, she was able to get that beautiful gift of having that picture of her baby, um, that she really wanted. That's beautiful. And it really is. Um, and then I just had somebody a couple days ago, send me a message, um, that they're just experiencing right now, back to back miscarriages and happened upon my book and that it's, um, just really providing a source of comfort for them right now and a source of hope as they're trying to navigate all of the pain. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is just like to know you're not alone because of course, like the work that we're doing is not like, we can't, we don't heal people. Of course, Christ is the only one that heals, but to be that face of Christ, when people don't know what to do to, to give them, I, I had one lady say like Redbird was a life preserver. Like I went out to her right after her son died and, you know, she felt like she was sinking and she told me I was like, I was her life preserver. And it's just, you know, when people say that, it's just like, God, like you can use all this brokenness because I don't feel like sometimes no. <laughs> when I'm able to do this, like, like you, like sometimes I don't want to go and, and not because it's, it's like, I don't want to be there. It's that, you know, life gets in the way and it's, it's hard. And there's always a recovery period. We call it our grief hangover. And so sometimes it, you know, like our temptation, the temptations still come and it's hard, you know, but, um, to hear that, like just, it's a motivation and it's helped. I know those stories, those fruit stories have, have helped me to carry, to carry on and to continue forward and to continue to asking for God to, you know, to give me the strength to do this. So it's beautiful that you, you know, we get to see some of this, the fruit played out. And it's absolutely a ministry. And I think it's a gift to be able to use our, the suffering and the crosses that we went through to be able to now see them, God glorifying it. Yeah. You know, he's taking that brokenness because never would have I thought that I'd be where I am today. Um, having had this book, um, having the children that I do, being able to share my story and to try and bring hope to others because I was so broken during that time. And I know I cried out to God so many times and I, I shamefully admit, I know there was times it was an anger, like just frustrated, like, God, how could you allow this to happen again? And if it wasn't for my husband, I, I don't know, <laughs> think, you know, thankful for his strong faith that he helped me to persevere across. And I think, so using that brokenness and those, those trials that we went through and seeing how the Holy Spirit can just to, can glorify that and to, you know, go from the, our Good Fridays to our Easter Sundays and to use this to bring, to bring glory and to healing to others. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Um, so any last comments? Uh, we also need to know how to, to purchase it. So 
how about you tell us where we can get your okay. book and <laughs> any last comments and anything, you know, if you want to share any other thing. So we'll okay. I, um, I would like to just um, mention this, the cover of the book is an original um, piece by Marco, Michael Corsini. He painted it uh, specifically for the cover. And it's a picture of Our Lady with all the children that have been mentioned in the book around her in, in the, you know, the glorious beauty of heaven that we will someday, God willing, be able to be reunited with our children. And when you mentioned about um, the Heavens for Real book, I, just, I had heard this story one time, and I think the message is of, of hope. No matter where you're at right now, in your grief, in your trials, your suffering, that, that God has not abandoned you, that he is with you in it, and he is a God of love and mercy and faithfulness. And even when it seems like you're in the desert, and I know when I was there, it was like, God, where are you? I just, I don't hear you. I don't feel you. That he's working in your heart. Mm -hmm. And those times he's drawing very close to the cross and working in your life. And to not let go of the hope that he is present with you always. And we may not see, you know, the, the fruit or the glory of our trials on this side of the veil. You know, I, my story is so different. And I am so blessed to have been able to see, to have now a, a full a full of children but that might not be everybody's story but god is still there and just to provide people with hope we may not see it now but we will later and um a story that i had heard is that i think is just brings great comfort to us especially as women is we we always know how when our husbands come home from work at least in my house you know my kids are done with mom for the day so they're like dad's home and it's like crazy yeah. <laughs> we're kind of a nutcase and so all the kids are running wild and going and hugging dad and they're so excited that dad is home from work and um and god willing that's how it's going to be when we get to heaven that yeah. we get to heaven we get to the gates and our babies our children are going to come running out to meet us and they're going to say my mommy is home my mom is finally home and they're just going to you know, fall into our sweet embrace. And so I think even when things seem dire and um, we feel like losing hope right now, that to never forget that we have that promise, that God has given us that promise of hope, his love and his faithfulness, that we will be able to be reunited um, with those sweet children of ours. And they're waiting for us. And on those days when it's tough, um, no matter what our cross may be, that we can ask them to intercede for us. They're here with us and um, they're before the face of God. There are images, they're little images of us um, gazing on God. And so we can ask them to intercede for us. My friend, she has this beautiful um, thing that she tells me all the time. She says, I can just envision God and the blessed mother and Jesus and like our little saints. Um, she says like playing chess, like you need to meet my mommy. <laughs> you need to meet my mommy. <laughs> and it's just every time I think about that, you know, and like all these people that we meet, you know, it's like, I can envision that happening. Like, hey, you need to be my mommy. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. So I think our saints are in heaven playing that too. So, yeah. You know, I reach out and you reach back. <laughs> so that was beautiful. But um, yeah, that's so beautiful. So tell us how to get your book. Okay, so the book is um, available. You can go to contemplativeheartpress.com. Um, it's also an easier way. It could just be go to Amazon. It's available on Amazon.com as well as barnesandnoble.com. Um, not in their store, but online. You can get the book either online at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Okay. Awesome. And then we also have um, a Facebook page. It's, you know, something small, but for those that have experienced a loss, we'll put some prayers or novenas or um, 
different um, outreaches or things we come across, news stories that we'll post on there to kind of uh, provide some kind of community support. Awesome. Well, this podcast is going to, uh, it's going to air on um, the feast, the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord next Wednesday. That is so, that is my favorite feast days. That's so beautiful. Oh, yay. It's so awesome. beautiful. And um, that evening we're doing, so just if you have anyone that you want to share this with, because uh, it's going to, the podcast is going to air that morning. So everyone's going to start to hear it that morning, but that evening I'm doing um, a work, an online workshop um, because what I know, like in my own grief, isolation just intensifies our emotions. And so I find like at this time uh, of what the world is going um, through, those who are suffering are are going to, their suffering is going to intensify. So I'm going to do an online workshop for anyone who's suffering for grief, um, anxiety, depression. I'm going to share my story and it's going to be, I'm doing um, like a seven day reflection on uh, facing your fear. So I'll share a talk and then for seven days, they'll get reflection so that they can pray through scripture for the next seven days. So if you know anyone who could use that, it's on our Facebook page, it's on our website. And uh, you can continue to try to continue to be a, yeah, I'll definitely link to that. Definitely be a, a, a light into the world. Um, so again, Cassie, thank you so much, um, for sharing your time today. I know we like trying to navigate this between (laughs) like one ship sailing in and one ship sailing out. (laughs) Thank you for being patient and trying to, yeah, coordinate all the timing of it. I really appreciate the opportunity and, um, I'm, I'm inspired by the work you're doing and your ministry and God bless you for just taking your own suffering and helping to heal others it's so beautiful yes and you as well thank you for writing this book because i know it's touched my life (laughs) well that's it for our grieving together show i hope you enjoyed cassie everett with the book nursery of heaven thank you for listening today to the grieving together show our hope is that you were able to find comfort in your grieving journey To find out more about what resources and events Redbird Ministries has to offer, please visit us at www.redbird.love or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Please make sure that you subscribe to our email list so that you can stay current on what is offered. If our show has touched your heart and you would like to make a charitable donation, you can do so on our website at www.redbird.love slash donate. Lastly, if you would like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to us at kelly at redbird.love. We leave you today in the two hearts. May God protect you and keep you, and God bless you.